ask a lot lately, and I'll just go ahead and clear the air, if uh, Pastor Mitch and I are related. The short answer is no, uh, but the long answer is, is that he was born in Arkansas, my dad was born in Arkansas, so there's really no telling. There's just really no telling. We might be related. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, have you done, you know, the DNA thing and the 23 and me and all that kind of stuff. Whenever you're from the South, whenever your family, your mom's from Alabama and your dad's from Louisiana, you don't want to take those because you may find out that your, your family tree looks more like a fence post. And so uh, I haven't, we, we don't do that in my family. We don't do that. But uh, so we're not related. Uh, so, hey, it's, it's such a good opportunity to be able to, be, be able to bring a word to you. I hope you're, I hope you're ready. I hope you're awake because I need your help a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, if you came for the very first time, I want to encourage you to come back next week and hear, hear the real preacher, hear uh, Pastor Mitch. But uh, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to hear the message as much as you are, so let's, let's go for it. Uh, recently, I was married. Uh, it took me a long time to get to the, to the married status. Thank you. It, it, it took me a long time to get there. I had to come, overcome a lot of things. Um, that was... That was selfish. Um, but uh, I, I did get married, and uh, I, I've been on a crash course for the last little over a month on a lot of things about life. Uh, there's been a lot of negotiating uh, or a lot of just me being told how it's going to be. And uh, one, of the, one of the many things is Christmas season, Christmas season. Because as a single man, as a single guy, I was, I was 31, so I had a lot of single Christmases, and uh, and. As a single guy, you celebrate Christmas kind of like this. You run out at the last minute, you buy your gifts, you, you get your mom something, you, you think about dad, and then, you, you know, you get siblings and stuff like that, and then you, you drive to your parents' house, and you celebrate that day. You open gifts, you eat a lot, way too much food, you take a nap, all that good stuff, you drive home. It, that's Christmas. But whenever I got married, I quickly realized that uh, Christmas starts right around the beginning of November. And uh, so there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of Christmas music. There's all this kind of stuff. We're, we're in a, a fierce conversation about when you put gifts out. Um, I, I, was t I thought, you know, that you put gifts out whenever you get them. You wrap them, you put them under the tree, and I'm told, no, we're going to wait till the day before Christmas. And I said, well, that's good because I probably won't buy anything until then. So... It's, it's, it's Christmas season, and I'm learning a lot about it, but there is a common principle about Christmas season that, that Christmas is, is meant for a time of, of peace and joy and comfort. And that's really what it is, and, and we lean into those seasons. We like to, to really you know, lean into it with some good Hallmark movies and some hot chocolate and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, Hallmark on demand is, oh, gosh. I don't know why somebody had, there's a lot of things you need on demand. You don't need Hallmark on demand. It's just, it's, it's ruining our society. But um, you, you celebrate it. You lean into all that Christmas is. But, you know, it, even though we celebrate it as a time of peace and joy and comfort, for the people that were involved in that story, we all know that that, that time in their lives, that time in history was anything but peaceful and comforting. It was anything but, but comforting. And, and there was... No warm feelings. It was, it was more feelings of worry and anxiety and, and, and just being scared and terrified of, of what is going on. But I want to encourage you today around this topic that you can be scared but gifted. That you can be scared of the places and the things that God's calling you to, but you can be gifted. 
God is with you in the midst of the calling that he's put on you. So don't be, you can be scared, but rest assured, God has gifted you. Can I get an amen? You're going to have to wake up in this Presbyterian church. I need, I need you to get with me a little bit more than that. But you see, you can be gifted, but scared. There, there can be a gift straight from heaven that still terrifies you. And this morning, I want to encourage you in that. You see, when we look at the Christmas story, there was three different times where an angel of the Lord sent, sent from heaven where the word from God would come to three different characters in the Christmas story, and he would comfort them and tell them not to be afraid. The first one was the shepherds in the field. You see it in, in, the, in the book of Luke. It says this. It says, The shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I, I bring to you good news, a gift that will cause joy, great joy for all people. Don't be terrified because I bring you a gift. I bring you a gift. Isn't it crazy that the message uh, that would be such good news, the Messiah of the world has arrived that in that moment, the angel of the Lord had to say, don't be afraid. You see, you can, get a, you can get a gift straight from heaven, a word straight from heaven, but sometimes God has to remind you, don't be afraid. You, you see, there might be a gift that God wants to give you, but there might be the fear in our heart that's keeping you from accepting the gift he wants to deliver into your life. There may be fear that, that has crept in, the calling, the dream, the hopes, the aspirations that he's put on your life. You, it may be getting pushed aside because of fear. And I want to encourage you today, you, you, can, have, you can be a little scared, you can, you can have some of those feelings, but be assured that God has gifted you. He's bringing good news. He's, he's bringing you somewhere. He's taking you on a journey. The second place that you see this in the Christmas story is whenever, whenever the angel appeared to Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, in Luke 1. And, and it says this, it says that the, the angel of the Lord said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. Don't be afraid. You have favor with God. You have favor with God in the same sentence that he said she is favored for God, from God. He has to remind her that she shouldn't be afraid. You know, some of us can be sitting in here today and know that, that we have favor, that God is looking on us and that, that he saved us and that he's brought us through things. He's with us, but we can have so much fear that it, that it squashes out all the blessings he wants to put into your life. And he says, no, you're favored and favored means that you don't need to be afraid. Whenever God's hand is on you, he's going to lead you to places that you've never seen. Whenever God gives you a dream, it's not going to be in your comfort zone. When God gives you a calling, he's going to call you to something that you feel unprepared for, unqualified for. But I'm here today to tell you that the Holy Spirit is in you. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, he's preparing you, he's leading you, he's guiding you, and he's going to be with you every step of the way. So don't be afraid. You are gifted. You are gifted. The third place we see it in the Christmas story is, is when the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, the, the father of Jesus. And he says this in Matthew 1. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, the son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. 
because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. You see, in Joseph's time and in Joseph's context, this was outside of his realm of of norm. Like, it, it was so foreign to him. It was, it was, you couldn't understand how this could happen. Because in, in, as a good Jewish boy, he, he, he was staying far away from his fiance until they got married. And he just didn't understand. And so what was everybody going to think? What was everybody going to say whenever, God, you give us this gift, but it doesn't make sense? It's going to be countercultural to a lot of what people around me think. So how am I going to go into this? Joseph, Joseph contemplated many things about how he could leave Mary quietly. But I'm so glad that he listened to the voice of God that said, do not be afraid, for I've given you this. You don't have to lean on your own understanding. Just take me at my word. Sometimes we need to just take God at his word and step into the thing he's called us to. Don't lean on your understanding. Lean into the Holy Spirit. Lean into God. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. He'll take care. The word, it says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He will lead you. He will guide you in those moments. Don't be afraid. Even when it doesn't go with your understanding, don't be afraid. See, here in the, here in, in the Christmas season, it's, it's a time of peace and comfort. But for the people that were being given the greatest gift... It, it was all feelings of fear and worry. All feelings of fear and worry. And here's the thing you need to understand today is that oftentimes when God is blessing you, you're going to feel worry before you feel blessed. A lot of times whenever God is moving in your life, you're going to feel worry instead of blessed before you feel blessed. The, the, the blessing is on the way, but sometimes God's got to move some things. He's got to arrange some things. He'll give you a sign. He'll give you a vision. He'll, he'll, he'll put something in your heart. But it, you need to rest assured that, that even though you may feel worried today, the blessing is on the way. It, it was just like whenever uh, Elijah went to Elisha and put the mantle on his shoulders. You know that it was some 15, 20 years before Elisha would ever take up the mantle and be the prophet that he was called to be 15 years prior? Sometimes God's going to bless you, and you're going to feel that you're blessed. You're going to feel that you're called, but you're going to have some worry. You're going to have some time that you have to go through before God puts that blessing on you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. You see, joy often happens in retrospect. Joy often happens in retrospect. Whenever we look back on God's leading, we understand why things had to happen the way they do. And so I want you to stop today. And realize God's been leading you the whole time and he's leading you today. I'm scared, but I'm gifted. I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know God is in it and I'm gifted. When it comes to God's gifts, there's a few things that I think we could pick up from the Christmas story. Some, a few practical characteristics of how God is going to gift us and I think it'll help us today. You ready for those? I'm going to give you three of them. The first one is this. It says, God specializes in small sizes. Not enough amens to that. I got a few over here, and I'm going to go ahead and amen that because God works in small sizes. Sean, we can't all be like you. We don't all have to be that tall. God works in small sizes. So many of us in our lives, we're afraid of looking small. We'll avoid all the small things so that we can look like we got big stuff going on. We'll fill up our calendar so we, so we look like we're busy. We, we want to be busy because busy, we wear it as a badge of honor. 
But we're afraid to do the small things that will take us to the big things that are in our heart. We, we want to skip over all the small stuff so I can get to the big things. i got to have some big stuff going on. But see, God typically gives you gifts that you can fit in your hand. God gives, gives you gifts that you can typically fit in your hand because God works in the seed format. God works in the seed format. There's, there's seed time and harvest. It, it's a farming reference, but God works in the seed farm format. Uh, whenever, I, whenever I turned 16, I got my first car in, in Texas. You can imagine, you know, what your first car is going to be. You're a 16-year-old boy. You, you, just, you just want that first car to be that nice truck, nice wheels, kind of jacked up. Well, my car was anything but that. I had made this deal with my grandpa whenever I was about five years old, because that's when you should des- decide what your first car should be, um, is that five years old. And I made this deal with him that uh, whenever he retired, which coincidentally he retired about six months before I turned 16, good timing, um, and I made a deal with him that I wanted his 1972 baby blue Super Beetle. <laughs> Volkswagen Bug, if you don't know what that is. It's 1972. It was a rust bucket, pretty much. But as a five-year-old, that was amazing. As a 16-year-old, not so much. But, I mean, there was some perks to it, you know. I, whenever all the guys would go out mudding in their big trucks, if you're from Texas, you got to say mudding. There's no, there's no G on that, it's just mudding. Um, and whenever they would go out, they would get stuck. I would just take the bug out, just whip it around out in the mud. You ain't sinking in that thing. It floats. And so <laughs> you, just, you just take it, and you just go at it, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, I loved coming out of football practice, basketball practice, and, and walking out of the locker room to not find my car and realize that it's out in the practice field because a few guys got, it, got together, picked it up, and carried it away. <laughs> I loved it. That was amazing. That was great times. And I remember, I, I, I didn't, it was a gift to me, so I really didn't take care of it a whole lot. And I remember driving home one day, my parents lived on, on, up on this big hill, and I remember going up that hill, and every time I would get a good running start with that bug. And, you know, you, 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 you get to about 70 miles an hour, and you're, you're pushing that engine as hard as you can. And by the time I would get to the top of the hill, I'm going about 20. And so people were honking, it was bad. But this time, all of a sudden, I heard a few sputters and then a loud pop. And so I did, you know, what all men should do. You just pull over, you pop the hood, and uh, I realized that I was, that was the trunk. Uh, it's a bug. The engine's in the back. And so I, I went around and I popped the, the, the back latch and, and looked at the engine, and I had no clue what was going on. I didn't know, I didn't know one thing about that engine. It looked like it was all aluminum and weird, and, and I had no clue because I, I had never been trained on how to work with that car. I, it was a gift to me. I, I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't know how to maintain it. I never took the responsibility. Can I tell you today, sometimes God gives you gifts in the seed format, not to, not to limit you. Like, I'll say it like this. God gives you gifts in the seed format to empower you, not to limit you. God gives you gifts in the seed format not to, in, to, to limit you, but he wants to empower you. He wants you to teach you, to teach you how to manage it, how to grow it, how to, how to make it flourish. You see, some of the worst things that could happen to us today is, is if you get the dream that you've been dreaming about tomorrow. Because when it starts to fall apart, you won't know how to put it back together. You've been given something, and God wants to give it to you in the seed format so you can learn how to manage that thing, how to grow that thing. You see, this is why people that win the lottery go bankrupt within a year. I mean, I'll, I'll roll the dice and try it, pardon the pun. 
But if you want to get your boy a lottery ticket for Christmas, I'll, I'll try it. But most people go broke when they win the lottery in a year because if you didn't earn the money, you don't know how to manage the money. If you didn't earn it, if you didn't put work into it, if you didn't plant the seed, you, you, you don't know how to manage the thing. You don't know how to, how to keep it together. When you realize that God's trying to take you on a journey and, and learn how to manage the things that he's going to give you, you can rest assured that you may be scared, but you're gifted. It's a perspective shift. It's all of a sudden you shift your perspective and you begin to realize God's doing something in your life and he's moving you along on a journey. It all makes sense whenever you realize this. It makes sense of why you had to be single for so long. Nobody? Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe that hits home really hard to me. Uh, 31, got married finally. But I think in, maybe in that opportunity, there was an opportunity there in those single years to realize how to manage myself before I learned how to manage somebody else. But let's be honest, I'm not managing anybody. She's managing me. Um, it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's great. But maybe there's an opportunity there in those single days. God's asking you, hey, before I give you the person you're looking for, why don't you become the person you're looking for? Why don't you become that man of God? Why don't you become that woman of God? Why don't you learn some responsibility? Why don't you learn how to wake up to your own alarm? Why don't you get yourself ready? Why don't you take a shower? Sorry, Josh. I realized that was personal. Uh, maybe, maybe you didn't get the promotion that you wanted. Maybe you didn't get the promotion that you wanted at, at your job, and, and you're wondering, God, how am I ever going to be that, that CEO you call? But maybe it's an opportunity to be able to learn some endurance, to be able to learn how to handle some hard things. Maybe God's saying, I need you to be able to learn how to manage this group of people before you can manage all of the people. Maybe I need you to learn some principles, some, some common things here before I move you there. Maybe it's just an opportunity. Maybe some of you are wanting a bigger salary, but God's calling you to manage the small salary that you have right now. Maybe he's asking you how to, how to learn how to manage that, how to, how to give him your first, how to tithe, how to, how to lean into that, how to budget. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to get in a Financial Peace University Connect group next, next spring. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's asking you to manage that, that salary he's given you now so he can give you what he wants to give you. So many lessons you can learn from the Christmas story, but I want you to know this, that, that you serve a God that whenever he decided to send his son into the world, he brought him in as a baby. He could have brought God, he could have brought Jesus in any way he wanted to, but he chose to bring him in as a baby. He gives us his greatest gift in a small size. And just because it's small today doesn't mean it won't grow tomorrow. Just because what he's given you today looks small, it looks meaningless, it looks like completely different to the, to the dream and the vision you have doesn't mean it won't grow tomorrow. You know, a few months ago, right around August, we were, we were having a team night with all of our dream team. And uh, it, was a, it was a time to where we could pour into them, give them vision for the second half of the year to really lean in and go all in. And we met at, at Rudy's. We, we, there's, a, there's a party room off to the side of the Rudy's. And, and we met there, and, and, I mean, why wouldn't you want to have a party around Rudy's barbecue? I mean, the sauce in itself is worth it. And then, uh, so, we, so we met there. But as we were there, I started to realize that it wasn't even three years prior to that that we had met there for a launch party. So a launch party, we did these launch parties leading up to the start of this church. 
just hoping that people would come. Just hoping that people would come and say, what's going on here? I just want to kind of see it. And so you never quite know who's going to show up to those things. And so you just you kind of throw them, you advertise, you, you promote it, and then, and then you show up. And there was about 15, 20 people there at that launch party three years prior to us meeting there this time this, uh, this year. And it was about 15, 20 people that were leaned in. They were saying, I'm all in. I'm going to help launch this church. And can I tell you that at that launch party, three years later, it took all of that time, three years later, that we had over 100 people that were committed and serving to build God's church. God specializes in small things. He says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Let me ask you today, what are you despising that, that God's calling you to maximize? What is it that you're minimizing today? What is it that you're minimizing today that God's asking you to multiply? What is it in your life? What is it in your hand that God has placed in front of you? And he's saying, don't despise it, but grow it. What's in your life? You see, God gives us gifts in the seed format. And the only thing that you can do with a seed is plant it. The only thing you can do with a seed is, is, is put it in the ground, work it, give to it, grow it. That's all you can do. You, you put it in the ground, and God is faithful to see it grow. You see, I, I want to give you this. It says that, that our life is not measured in, in the harvest that we reap. Our life is measured in the seeds that we plant. Let me tell you this today as a church, that our life is not measured in the harvest that we reap. It's measured in the seeds that we sow the seeds that we plant, the seeds that we put in the ground, the seeds that we work. Let me encourage you today in this legacy season, whenever we give our legacy offering, we're not just, we're not just giving to something. We're putting a seed in the ground, believing God's going to do something greater. We're not, we're not, we want to celebrate this harvest, but we know God's got something greater today. And we want to lean into that. We're going to plant that seed. And I'm asking you in your life, what is it in your hand that you need to put in the ground and let God grow? Because God works in the seed format. He specializes in, in small things. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Number two, God's packaging is problematic. God's packaging is problematic. Look, I don't have kids, but I know that kids' gifts are the worst. Kids' gifts are the worst. Can I get an amen from the parents? Can I get an amen from the kid that's gotten a gift recently and it took you longer to, to get it out of the package than it did for you to unwrap it? That you were bored with the gift before you even got it out of the package. I know from my parents, they always had to call in reinforcements in Christmas season. They always had to call in reinforcements to help get the, the gifts, you know, out of the package and then assembled. I remember one year uh, going to bed and, and Santa Claus landed on the roof. There were some jingle bells. And so I thought, I'm going to go in and, and I'm going to make sure that, uh, you know, he's, he's doing good. Make sure he likes the cookies I left him. Make sure it's all good. And so I saw I wake up a little bit later, you know, my twinkle toes kind of go out to the to the the living room and, and there's my uncle putting together all the gifts and he he said Santa needed a little help <laughs> your your gifts are very hard to get out of the package and assemble Santa needed a little help and so so cuz a lot of times our gifts the the wrapping the wrapping's problematic you you see the gift is is good but oftentimes getting through the wrapping is difficult it's hard it's not easy it takes effort. It takes focus. But you see, how often do we pass, how, do, how often do we look at the gifts that God's trying to give us and push them aside and say, oh, no, that's, that's not what I'm going for because of what it's wrapped in. Right. 
How often do we push aside the things that God's trying to give us, trying to put into our lives, but because of the wrapping around it, because of, because, because of the effort it's going to take to achieve that thing, we push it aside and say, nah, you know what, God, I wasn't going for that. I, I just kind of wanted you to give it to me. I didn't need all the assembly and the, uh, the wrapping around it. What, 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 it, what the gift is wrapped in has no bearing on the power of the gift. What if the gift is wrapped and has no bearing on the power of the gift? Could, could you be holding a blessing in disguise? Could, the gift that you have, the, the struggles, the, the things around the gift that you have been given into your life could be a blessing in disguise. You may be holding a problem, but maybe, just maybe, that problem is a key to your blessing. Maybe that, maybe that communication issue in your marriage is just an opportunity to build trust. Maybe, maybe that issue at work is an opportunity to show your boss that you're committed to solving problems. Maybe that frustration in your purpose, maybe, maybe that's just the packaging that God is trying to, to lead you to a new direction, but you have to take the time to unwrap it. God's trying to lead you somewhere, but you have to be able to fight through the wrapping. You have to be able to get through the distractions, the worry, the anxiety, and step into what he has for you. Because you can be scared, but let me tell you today, you're gifted. You can be scared, but you're gifted. God packages, God packages his gifts and problems because he teaches us who we are in him and who he is in us through the issues that we face. He teaches us through the issues that we face. When we look at the Christmas story, the shepherds, they were out in the fields and, and the angel showed up as we read earlier and it says that I bring you great news. And then he goes on to say that, that I'll give you this sign. There will be a sign to signify that that is the Messiah. He'll be wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in a manger. He'll be wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in a manger. That's not the wrapping that the people of that time were looking for the Messiah to come in. That's not the, the wrapping that, that the people in that story were looking for the Messiah to come in. That, that was so against their way of thinking of how the Messiah would come in. I would have expected the, the, something else. I would expect something like a big sign. I would have expected the wrapping to be, be different. I, I, but let's not discount God, what God has entrusted to us because of what it comes wrapped in. May, may we open our eyes to the miraculous. May we see the things that God has placed in our hands. Maybe, maybe we steward it. Maybe we pour into it. Maybe we continue to sacrifice and seek and sow because God is giving us a sign. And it may not look what you, like what you think it should look like, but God wraps, his wrapping is problematic and he's trying to teach you something through it. The third, the third principle is this, is that, that God's time is always on time. God's time is always on time. You know, I, in, in this whole, whole marriage thing in, in the last month, there's been a lot of things. Whenever you get married, let me just go ahead and tell you all single people, it takes adulting to a whole new level. Whole new level. <laughs> adulting on steroids when you get married. There's a lot of things. There's just stuff and just paperwork and switching this and switching. Just a lot of stuff. And, uh, and maybe if you're, this way you need to learn this kind of stuff while you're single. This way you need to develop, you know, because you got to do it on your own. Mom's not there to help you anymore. And uh, anyway, one of the things that uh, we have had to do is we had to switch Megan from, from her phone plan to my phone plan. Sounds simple. We, we switched her to her, from her phone plan to my phone plan. And in that process somewhere, 
Uh, AT&T has seemed to lose all grasp on how to manage situations. So her, her number is currently on my bill. Uh, we get a bill in the mail, and they're charging us for it. Looks like everything is good, except for the fact that for the last month, she hasn't been able to use her phone. For the last month, every time we call them, they say, oh, well, yeah, her number's on your plan, but there's no data attached to it. So every time she leaves the house, she has no way of doing anything except for calling somebody. And who does that? <laughs> nobody, nobody actually uses the phone to call people anymore. And, and so, so for, for the last month, we, I would call, the, I'd call the, the phone company and I would, I would politely you know, let them know, hey, look, my wife's phone's not working. kind of feels good to say my wife. And um, it's just a special thing. And uh, I would say, her phone's not working, and we need to get this fixed. And about an hour and a half later, they say, okay, well, we've done everything we know how to do. We're going to escalate it up to higher management. We'll give you a call first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning comes along, no phone call. So that afternoon, another phone call goes in, about an hour and a half. Guys have already reset her phone. We've already done all of that. Well, let's try it one more time. Okay, we'll try it one more time. Hour and a half later, got, we're going to escalate this entire management. We promise we'll give you a phone call back this time. The next morning comes around, no phone call. This is going on for about a month. I, I don't know if her phone's working now or if she just doesn't have the heart to tell me that it's not working because we've called AT&T so many times. But here's something I've learned from it because, you know, whenever you work in ministry, you've got to pull stories from everything, is that... that that delay often leads to disappointment. Whenever you have delay, all of a sudden something, something that will seem good, all of a sudden you're pretty disappointed in it. Whenever a delay comes along, it leads to disappointment. And life has a way of disappointing us. There, there's some things that are going to come along. God didn't promise us an easy path. There's going to be some things that come along that are going to disappoint us in life. But disappointment in itself is not the issue. It's unaddressed disappointment that's the issue. Unaddressed disappointment is the issue because if you don't address your disappointment, it'll turn into defeat. And if you live your life in defeat too long, all of a sudden your life will turn into a life of despair. Disappointment leads to defeat and defeat leads to despair. And I want to encourage you today that you may be scared, but there's no reason to live your life in despair because you are gifted. God is with you. And you see, following Jesus is trusting his timeline. The longer I followed God, I realized that his timing is so much better than my timing. There's things that I've wanted, and God said, it's not the right time. And I didn't understand it, but when I look back, man, I'm glad he didn't give it to me then. You see, you know that God is, you have to know that God has perfect timing. You have to know that God has perfect timing. He's never late. He's, he's never early, but he's always on time. He's never late. He's never early, but he's always on time. And I want to I encourage you with this. God, don't mistake God's absence, God's pre sorry, don't mistake God's patience for his absence. Don't mistake God's patience for his absence. Christmas is the promise that, that we serve Emmanuel, God with us. We serve a God that's with us. And, and life is full of highs and lows. But let me encourage you today, if you serve God, you serve a God that's with you at the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. It doesn't matter where you've gone, what you've done, the pain you may have inflicted or the pain that was inflicted to you, God has been with you every step of the way. Can I get an amen? amen. God is with us. That, that's the promise of this season. Don't get lost so much in the commercialization of Christmas that you forget that the first Christmas felt like awful timing for Mary and Joseph. 
You've got a teenager that has to tell her fiance that she's pregnant by God. That's weird. So you got a you got a teenager that has to tell her fiance that she's pregnant, and then you got Joseph, who's debating on whether or not he should leave for quietly because this is not the right time. This was not how I planned it. This is not how it's supposed to work. This what's everybody going to think? Because I, I said I was going to marry her, but now all of a sudden all of her plans are different. It's not good timing. It's bad timing, God. But God says, no, no, trust me. This is the right time. I know it doesn't feel like good timing, but my timing has nothing to do with your feelings. Did you know that, that historians believe that the time that Jesus was born, that time in history, was the perfect time for Jesus to be born? There's no other way that the gospel could have spread the way it did if he hadn't been born in this time. It was a time of, of world peace. Rome was in power. There was this thing called the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome. There was road structures in that, that was built to be able to get to one place to another easily. There was a common language. It was just the right time for Christ to come. How else could 12 fishermen be able to take the message all over the world? Because it was the right time. I believe that God was moving things. He was aligning things, making things happen. So just at the right time, he could bring the good news. God's timing is always on time. Whenever we rush God's timing, whenever, whenever we try to rush God's timing, the pieces seem to fall uh, apart. But whenever we trust God's timing, the pieces seem to fall in place. Whenever we rush God's timing, things seem to fall apart. It seems to kind of go awry. But whenever we trust God's timing, I'm telling you that the pieces will fall into place. You see, we don't serve, we don't serve a God of minutes. We serve a God of seasons. We don't serve a God that follows our timeline. We, follow, we serve a God that, that is a God of seasons. He works in seasons. You know, Whenever I was single, I had to get my sister to buy gifts for me whenever I would go to a kid's birthday party because that terrified me. Uh, I get, <laughs> whenever you invite a single man to a kid's birthday party, it's just a little scary, okay? It's a little scary, so I'd get my sister to go buy gifts all the time, and she would, uh, she would always come back, and she would have these clothes that were way too big for the kid. I'm like, that's cute, but that's going to be way too big. I don't get what you're going here, and because uh, I... I don't know anything about kids, and I didn't, I didn't understand it. And so she would always buy these clothes that were, that were way too big, but how many of you parents know that, that, that you got to have clothes ready for the seasons? you got to have the things ready for the right season. If you're not prepared, you're going to get caught off guard, and the shoes aren't going to fit. You're going to have to go outside without it. You get, you get where I'm going with this. One of the worst things that could happen to us is to get the right thing at the wrong time. You see, I believe that God has every resource you need for the calling that he's called you to, and he's waiting for just the right time to give it to you. Because if he gave it to you right now, it would do nothing but slow you down. I believe that he's called you to something, and you're waiting for the resources, and he's saying, no, just step out because I got the resources when you need them. He's calling you towards something. Hear me today, waiting on God is never a waste of time. Waiting on God is never a waste of time. The story of Jesus would go on. He would grow up. And the scripture says in Romans that, that just at the right time, Christ would die for the ungodly. Just at the right time. He would die and he would go into a grave. 
and be there for three days. And while he was there, he would go into the pits of hell and come out victorious. And, and scripture says that he walked the earth for 40 days after there, teaching and, and, and preparing his disciples to go out and spread the news. And, and as he did that, right before he was ascended into heaven, in John 14 and 27, he says this. He says, peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. You see, the gift that Jesus was talking about, that he would go on to explain more in John 14, 15, and 16, the gift he was, he was explaining there and, and was letting them know about was the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send the Comforter to you. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And today you may find yourself in a place where you're scared, where you're feeling worried, where you feel anxiety. And let me encourage you today that God has sent you the greatest gift, His Holy Spirit. He sent you the greatest gift, His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will walk with you. He will speak to you. He'll counsel you. He'll convict you. He'll comfort you. He'll bring you peace in the midst of your pain. So you may be scared today, but let me tell you today, there's a gift that's waiting for you. There's a gift that God's wanting to give you. He's wanting to be with you. He's wanting to walk with you. He's wanting to talk with you. He's wanting to grow you and develop you. And in just the right time, he's going to bring the harvest. So today, all across the room, would you, would you bow your head and close your eyes and, and let me pray for you? God, in, in this Christmas season, we come to you believing, God, that, that you have sent a gift to us. And God, for those that have received that gift, God, I pray that you would fill us, that you would remind us, God, that you are with us, that you will never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, but you're leading and guiding, and we lean into you today. I pray that you would re refill those, those visions and those dreams and those hopes and those aspirations that you've given us, God. I pray, pray that you would fill ourselves again with your Holy Spirit. Breathe into us a fresh air, God. I pray, God, as we step into 2020, God, we wouldn't live a life defeated and worried about what, what our current circumstances looks like, but know that you're moving us in somewhere. You're moving us in a on a journey, God. You're taking us to what you've called us to be. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you feel like, I don't know that I've ever received that gift. I, I don't know that, that I, I have that gift and I, I, maybe I need it. Maybe, I, maybe I've walked away from that gift. Maybe I've, I, I, I've not used the Holy Spirit the way I should. But I want to step into it today. I want to I receive that gift. I'm scared, I'm worried, but I know God wants to gift me. If that's you today with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand so I can know who we're praying with? Thank you, Jesus. I believe God wants to gift you. I believe he, he wants to come alongside you in this season. He doesn't want you out there alone. So if that's you, raise your hand. You would be so bold. Thank you. You can put your hands down and, and pray this prayer with me. God, today we step in to your goodness, to your mercy, God. We turn away from doing life our way, God. We, we, we say we're sorry for, for living life and trying to control the things on our, with our, our, our means, God. We repent of our ways. And God, we turn to you today. 
and we received your gift. We received your mercy. We received your grace, God. And I pray that you would move in our lives. Fill us today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.